this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. While golf fashion is significantly more toned down these days, it was once a world filled with loud prints and wild colors. And perhaps no character personified loud and wild in the golf world quite like Rodney Dangerfield's character in 1980's classic film Caddyshack. In this scene, after making fun of a particular trilby in a golf shop, he sees Ted Knight's character wearing the exact same hat. No stranger to golf or brightly colored clothes and hats, Nate Brown blossomed when he found the right community, a community that accepted him for what he was, supported him, and allowed him to be comfortable in his own skin. When he was in need of a professional community of CX pros who would do the same thing, he couldn't quite find it. So he created it. The CX Accelerator Slack community now boasts thousands of members sharing insights and mentoring each other. And as for Nate's hat selection, and I say this without sarcasm, they truly look good on him. On this week's bonus episode, Nate and I discuss how the right communities helped Nate become the outgoing person he is today. The nexus of CX Accelerator? What is customer experience and how do you show the ROI of CX work? What customer service professionals can learn from customer success? How the mission of CX Accelerator impacts its members? Nate's three layers of community, three books from Nate's personal library, and the genesis of Nate's fun and exciting wardrobe. Let's get to it. Welcome to Next in Q, the podcast for contact center and customer experience professionals. Next in Q is brought to you by Happy Two Vision. Eliminate blind spots and see right through every conversation with Happy Two Vision. Learn more at ajppitu.com. Now, here's your host, Rob Dwyer. Hey, everybody. Coming to you this time. Uh, this is going to be an exciting episode of Next in Q because I am joined by the one and only Nate Brown. Nate, what's up? What's up, Rob? I love your show. I'm so happy to be here. It was amazing getting to hang out with you a, a couple months ago at, at, a, at a Vegas show. Uh, always good to see you, even virtually. So happy to it's, be here. It's going to happen again. We're just a couple of months away from Orlando, so we're going to be there. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. If you are not watching the video version of this, you need to stop right now. If you're on Spotify, if you're on iTunes, you need to just stop. Well, Spotify has video, so switch over to the video. But if you're not on YouTube or Spotify video, I highly encourage you go check that out because not only uh, are you swinging around a Kylo Ren lightsaber, but I oh. am uh, putting on a hat for today's episode in so honor good. of you. <laughs> You wear it better than me. You even made a comment at the, the conference we were at. It's like, you know what? Out of respect for you, Nate, I'm not going to do the beard and fedora thing. But I told you, Rob, you need to do it because you look well, so good. <laughs> you've moved on from the trilby to <laughs> the fedora. So now I feel like I can yeah. maybe I can do this because I'm more of a short brim. You've got the longer brim going. Well, there's there's no impeding on my territory at all because uh yeah i mean you you just look great in a hat and i love seeing great dudes in great hats i i do too i do too but we're not here to talk about hats we might talk a little bit Maybe. about hats because 
Uh, honestly, I think you've probably put more money into your hat collection than mm. I have into my Lego collection. And uh, it's very possible. It's very possible. <laughs> but we're really here to talk about community today. Mm. Yes. And we're going to talk about CX Accelerator specifically, but I'm curious, when was the first moment whether it was professional or not professional, that you recognize the power of community and and what impact did that have on you? Mm, goodness, yeah, I moved around a lot as a kid, and it was it was uh, I had a very isolated childhood in, in a lot of ways. And when I came to Alpharetta, Georgia, I, I locked into a community of, of folks at Milton High School uh, that that accepted me as a very strange kid. Uh, but they loved me regardless, and I had an absolute ball with with my groups of a uh, group of friends in high school. And uh, by the end of that, I was voted like most outgoing for for senior superlative, uh, which for a kid who was very shy and very isolated growing up, you know that that was kind of a big deal. You know those those middle school uh, years and into high school were very formative for me. Uh, so really experienced community there and and golf. Golf for me was such a, um, an amazing community. We had this golf team that I was a part of, and Roberto Castro was on that, who went on to the PGA Tour and, and had a wonderful career out there. And, uh, but we, we just had a, a very good, you know, people like to be on a winning team, right? Uh, so we kind of had that pride about what we were doing. We were out there kicking butt, and, and we just really had a, um, a great love for one another, and, and we just had so much fun touring around and playing in these different golf tournaments. So that would be one of the first vibrant communities I was a part of. That is so insightful because one of the things that I feel like you are doing, and we're going to talk more about it, is building a community of like-minded people who want to share. And it seems to me, I don't know, when did you start working from home? Is this a recent thing for you? Have you been at home for a while? Yeah. You know, I was at UL for 12 years. And, and they had a beautiful office over in Brentwood. I don't know if you're familiar with the Nashville area much, but one of the swankier suburbs of Nashville was the Brentwood area. And we had this beautiful uh, office complex over there. So I, I enjoyed making that little commute and having all these great lunch destinations, and including one of those places where uh, the sushi comes around on a train. <laughs> ah, sushi train. <laughs> the sushi train. Uh, so it, it was fun being out there. And, and I love taking long walks. So on my lunch break, I would just walk around this this beautiful trail uh, that was out there. So I, I didn't mind uh, being in that office environment too much. But then as soon as I made the leap out of UL into the startup environment of Officium Labs, it was when we weren't out traveling in front of clients or out at a conference of some kind, we were absolutely at home. And, and it was a tough transition for me being the social creature that I am. Yeah. I wonder... Is that what was that part of the reason that you started CX Accelerator? No. Uh, so very good question. Uh, so CX Accelerator started in 2018. So it was a little bit before uh, making that leap. Um, I was I was really lonely inside of my own company. And, and in retrospect, that was my own darn fault. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was really driving people away. Um, you know, honestly, and being just fully transparent here, I, I become addicted to customer experience. And I'd become uh, enticed into the larger thought leadership community that was out there around thought leadership when it came to uh, customer service and, and customer experience. And so I, I was getting a lot of community out there and a lot of external validation, uh, but I, I wasn't experiencing that same excitement for customer mm -hmm. experience and, and that same vibrancy inside of my own organization. So I felt really lonely doing the work of CX and I was, I was desperate to find a, a group of young fledgling CX professionals, which was me. You know, there's a, I, I won't mention the name of it, but there's a very established group of CX professionals that did exist. Didn't feel right for me because mm. it was a lot of folks that were kind of pontificating on how smart they already were. And <laughs> it didn't feel good <laughs> to me to come into that space as this fresh meat who was trying to figure stuff out. You know, I just felt really vulnerable in, in that space. So, uh, you know, being able to create CX Accelerator and invite a, a bunch of folks in that were kind of in a similar stage as me. 
uh, we we just found so much camaraderie in those moments and and that still is what it is i mean it's a starting point it's a launching off point for incredible cx careers yeah yeah it is so let's talk about specifically what cx accelerator is or at least how i go about getting there and then we can get into sure. what i might find when i get there yeah yeah it's cxaccelerator.com and it doesn't matter where you click on that page you're going to end up on the community page that will route you towards <laughs> what, what it is it's a slack channel it's it's a slack based community there's about 3800 folks in there just jamming and sharing wisdom with one another and and just making great things happen and all kinds of threaded conversations on all different atmospheres of, of cx you know employee experience and workforce management and, and contact center and uh, all, all these different really well organized curated dialogues that, that are that are there which is fantastic but it's cxaccelerator.com and uh, yeah started that up with with a group of friends uh, who again kind of in a like-minded situation uh, where it's like, you know, we can we can make a big impact in, in this CX world and form that mission together of, of really, uh, hey, let's let's follow people for their entire CX career journey. Because, you know, yeah. a lot of the communities are based on this piece of technology or this job, this function that I have right now, you know, in, in this season, I'm going to be a part of this community. But we, we want something where, no, when you switch jobs, when you stop using a piece of technology, this community is still with you. <laughs> these people, these yeah. relationships that you're collecting, the the support group that that is there for you, that's going to be a part of your entire career journey. And and so we've we've maintained that as is a central premise of of what we're creating inside of the community. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I I think we should pause for a moment and I want to hear from you like when you hear CX what do you hear? And then what kinds of job roles kind of are, are a part of that? Mm, yeah, it's a big question, Rob. Well, I mean, when I, when I hear customer experience, I, I still get sucked back to my, my favorite definition, really inspired by the, the Forrester definition. It's the thoughts and perceptions that people have towards a brand. So it's those thoughts and perceptions is that amazing gray area. There's a lot of science around CX, right? But there's a lot of art in this. You know, we're dealing with people's feelings and we're trying to enhance uh, that perception that people have that ultimately drives them to a state of loyalty and a state where they're bringing people in as well that belong to us as a brand that we can serve those customers really well. Uh, so I, I just absolutely love the the nature and the work of CX and and thinking about the entire life cycle that the customer has is somebody that came from a customer service background. You know, at some point I felt a little stuck or was just kind of taking tickets and just mm -hmm. being so reactive in our mentality as an organization. It's like, wow, we can really go upstream here and be intelligent about how we're guiding the customer to, to a better state. We're setting clearer expectations. We're navigating around friction points so that we don't hit them every single time. And it's just yet another ticket, the, the, the number 5,028 of this exact issue type that we've had in the customer service desk. It's like, wow, why don't we, why don't we really fix this? Like, like truly fix this to where not every customer's running into it. And, and so, you know, that as a, as a young customer service leader uh, became addicted to that proactive mentality and that, that larger lifespan of, of customer journey management uh, was, was so appealing to me. I wonder, do you think that we are still at a point where we're not paying enough attention to what's happening on the front lines and, and what those agents are, are experiencing and the valuable information that they could be providing us? Well, I mean, that's one of the, I mean, I, I remember pretty much waking up out of a cold, hard sleep and just being so convicted, the more I learned about voice of customer and how that is the underpinning of everything that we're doing. I mean, we, it's the starting line. There is no finish line here, Rob. I mean, this is not some kind of quarterly project that we can put CX into a little box, but there is a starting line and it's understanding how your customers feel about you today. So that as you do enhance their perceptions of you, you can actually see the impact of that. You can encourage the business with the progress that you're making and the lives that you're serving. 
And, and without that VOC engine, to use that Gene Bliss term, in place, you're, you're hopeless as a CX professional to show the ROI of the work that you're doing, the impact that you're making. And so in the contact center, you know, and I was managing that customer service environment, we're getting so much unstructured feedback in those customer service interactions. Yeah. And guess what we were putting into the CRM? Resolve this problem next. <laughs> yeah. Didn't matter the impact. It didn't matter any lesson learned. It, it didn't matter, you know, just extending beyond the transactional element of that interaction with the customer. We were not capturing anything there. And our CRM wasn't really equipped to, to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. That just wasn't the mentality of the business. So, so what, we, what we started doing is just giving out USB web keys. You know, I, oh. I bought these buttons that literally flash and started putting them on people's desk. And it was like this ordination process. I'm handing you this button. You now represent the voice of the customer. You do more than resolve tickets. You represent the voice of the customer. And whenever you get meaningful customer feedback, that's good or bad, you're hitting this button. And what that took you to was this ultra simple little unstructured form. How does this customer feel? <laughs> What's going on? And, and what can we do now? And, and the, the most powerful thing, Rob, was the agent was a part of this. Part, part of doing the right thing for this customer beyond the ticket. <laughs> and that's yeah. going back to that whole mentality. Let's not just keep solving the same problem again and again in a, in a micro sense. Let's solve macro problems. <laughs> And, and that's what this type of thinking that, that would came through the, the simple, the simple trigger of a USB web key. I mean, but, but it, there's, there's a power here, Rob, connecting the body to the mind. And when we see this physical representation of a reality that we're trying to create in people's minds of I am the voice of the customer, and they see that physical representation of it and that click, I mean, there's a literal click, like you can hear yeah. So you're, you, you know, you, you remember that click and there's a gratification that comes from that action of I'm doing the right thing for this customer. So there's so much psychology in these little things that lead to big things in terms of a cultural evolution and how your employees are being the guide. That's like some of my favorite metaphors going all the way back to building a story brand by Donald Miller, the customer, the customer's the hero of the story. So what type of mentality are we trying to forge in our business? We're trying to help our people to be the guide and to bring that customer to their ideal definition of success. And that requires somebody that really cares, who's really capable, who understands what that definition of success looks like, like they're intimately involved with this customer journey. Like to be a good guide, it requires so much. And mm -hmm. it, it goes well beyond, let me resolve this ticket and move on to the next thing. <laughs> do we empower and when i say empower i don't mean just giving responsibility to agents uh or not responsibility but right giving them to the power to give a credit or or whatever to reach that but are, are we giving agents what they need to understand as you're talking about kind of holistically like yeah no well, how they impact the business, how the customer, this particular interaction impacts the business from a long-term perspective. Do we miss that? My goodness, yes. I mean, in most customer service environments, we've become so addicted to efficiency and maximizing the volume of issues that we can resolve. Mm. And, and there is not that focus on how can we just do the right thing here? How can we reach beyond this ticket mentality to, to really serve as the guide in, in the most tangible way possible? You know what I love is this customer success movement. Yeah. And the, these customer success professionals that are getting deep with these customers under the banner of maximizing customer value. It's being a good guide at the end of the day. That's, that's what customer success is about. And, and if customer service professionals, we have a lot to learn from that, to, to go deeper and to be equipped with the dots to connect. I think it might have mm -hmm. been Steve Jobs that had some quote to the effect of creativity is one's ability to connect dots that are all over the place. So in order to be creative, to be innovative, we got to give our people more dots. They've got to see more of the customer journey. 
when, when they get locked into the little box of resolve these tickets, and this is all you're ever going to see, and this is all you're responsible for, you don't get to go deeper in, in this voice of customer cycle. We're, we're not going to show you the dots on the other side of it too, because voice of customer should be far more about intrinsically motivating than identifying friction points. <laughs> I mean, the, like yeah. 80% of our VOC effort should be to like inspire people. Of, Here's what we're doing. Great. Here's the impact that you're making. You have, have an incredible day today out there serving your customers well. And, and this, is, this is where we see the impact of that. By the way, here's, here's two things we can do a little better together. That, that's the VOC conversation we're missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit. I know you're passionate about this, but I also know you're passionate about some of the things that people are doing inside of CX Accelerator because there's new stuff going on. It's not just uh, a place where people can post questions and get answers. So tell me about some of the really exciting things to you that are happening within the CX Accelerator community. Sure. So, I mean, one of the things that we're, we're dreaming up, you know, I just think it's so important that we get to, to learn and grow together and inside of, uh, to use tribal leadership language and inside of a, an effective and meaningful for tribal unit. So a group of 20, 30, 40 people that are banded together in the form of a cohort who are, who are trying to achieve a certain destination together in their CX career. <laughs> So right, mm. right now I'm here. Here's the things I do. Here's the things I'm capable of. Here's the knowledge that I've collected. Here's where I want to be in, in three or four years. I want to be able to do these things. I want to know these things. And, and, and putting people together that are on a similar journey to that, to where they can really bolster one another up and edify each other uh, along the path of, of that journey. So we can equip them with some great resources. We can give that, let's call it Phoenix cohort. <laughs> Let, let's give them a great facilitator, a great guide that's been there and done that, like a Sally Mildred or somebody like that who's doing such a brilliant job with the, the Bring Your Own Chair podcast as part of that community effort. I mean, she is the perfect person to be equipping this next generation of CX professionals because she's coached and mentored so many. One of her protégés just got a promotion like two weeks ago hard-earned, amazing promotion. And so, I mean, Sally to me is like the, the personification of the mission of CX Accelerator. Let's bring people together, let them grow in a peer group, and then be poured into by these amazing veteran mentors. <laughs> and we create a space in which that's, that's highly possible. And it's mm -hmm. possible wherever you are in the world. We, we really do have a wonderful international audience. I mean, so many folks from Australia, so many folks from South America, uh, from Europe. And, and then, you know, naturally we kind of got started in North America. It was largely based on my own LinkedIn network. So we kind of had that legacy attribute there, but we've outgrown that so much at this point. And there's so many different wonderful flavors to customer experience. When you look at the international community, people are doing some cool stuff. Yeah that we can learn from out there where it's like, oh my gosh, why, why have we not been doing it that way? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's really exciting when we think about, well, let, let's not just make this a forum. Let's not just have people throwing stuff on a wall. Let's bring people together in these small campfire cohorts where they're growing together towards a milestone in their career. Yeah, I love that. So Sally, friend of the show, uh, she has a new podcast that you guys are putting together. Mm -hmm. uh, it is fantastic. It's in its infancy. So I know it's only going to get better. I think you guys have what half a dozen episodes out. Maybe I, uh, I am long overdue to post episode five. That's on me, Sally. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. Nate. Uh, you better get on that as soon as we're done here. Indeed. Um, one of the things that I think regardless of, of our role in a company is that trying to find people who will help us move to the next level. And uh, we're often relying on our direct supervisor and our peers. And our peers may not be looking at the same goals that we're looking at, Right. depending on how big our team is may not have that many peers. 
And my supervisor may not necessarily be the best person to help me get to where I'm headed. Very and true. that's what I love about this cohort is I can get this wide variety of people at different levels of experience mm-hmm. and knowledge and skill set who can help guide me and provide me options, opportunities, suggestions, all of these things to help me grow to whatever that goal is that I have in mind. And I feel like uh, that community is really realistic about what it's going to take to get there as well. But at the same time, very supportive. Like there may be a lot of work depending on what you want to do, but we'll support you and, and help you along that journey. So I absolutely love that. And thank you for that, Rob. And I love how you said that. I I, I am glad that this is being recorded because I'm going to need to go back and, and really listen to you say that again, because that's <laughs> that's inspiration for me to to really lock into our mission even with more clarity. Uh, but um, one of the fun things, I, I went back to a, a CX career mind map that I created back in 2017. And it was absolute garbage. <laughs> in terms of what the heck was I trying to accomplish at that time? And, and so what, what I realized in a, a, a kind of just you know, burst of revelation, I had no idea what I wanted in the first part of my CX career. And so one of the greatest things that's come through CX Accelerator and through mentors that have poured into me is, is helping me to understand the possibilities Mm-hmm. And, and to see there's there's bigger, better things than the ambitions that I originally had. I mean, way, yeah. way bigger. It, it was it was so self-centered originally. It was just really based on me and my own petty definition of success. And, and as I've matured and as I've gotten more into into the larger community of, of customer experience, I've, I've just I've just realized so much more. I mean, it's about service to others. Truly, mm-hmm. it's about the impact that we can make by forging great connections through the organizations that we serve. I mean, people are so lonely. People are so isolated right now. And people are turning more and more to the workplace to find their sense of identity, to find meaningful connection. And and the CX leaders are so uniquely equipped to help forge those connections inside the company. And then those spill over those spill over into the customer experience and you create great connections with your customers. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the more I've been thinking about this, Rob, I've been thinking about it, a, a community in three layers. And, and I, I don't mean to make this overcomplicated or scientific. I mean, the, the beauty of community can take so many different forms, but the more that I've been studying it and reading it, I've, I've kind of started to see in my mind, these three layers of community that, that need to exist inside of an organization. And, and the first is team one, as Patrick Lencioni would call it. You, you've got to have a group of senior leaders <laughs> who are there for the right reasons. That they're yeah. actually wanting to, to make this company something good, good for people, and not just good for themselves. They're not talking bad about other leaders. They're, they're building up other leaders towards, towards a common vision. Towards the, they're protecting the brand promise above their own personal legacy. How, how often do you see executives that are really committed to that, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to find them, but like those are the organizations when you create that first layer of community where you've got a senior leadership team that you can trust to protect that brand and care about that brand promise. You, you've got the, the beginnings of something very special. Then layer two is, is really where we get to that tribal leadership layer. This is where you start to awaken authentic ambassadors inside the organization. You start to create great peer-to-peer relationships where your top people are loyal to you. They are proud to work there. And in fact, they're going out and they're bringing in their top talent, people from their network that belong to you, <laughs> that, that fit your organization so well. And, and so that's really that, that level two of community. But then as a CX professional, this is when it gets even more exciting. When, when we've locked that in, we get to spill that community over. And that's level three. We get to start to co-create in a community function with our customers still around that brand promise but like we're fulfilling that mission together our customers are innovating alongside of us (laughs) it's the most robust voice of customer channel you could ever imagine is a good vibrant community based on your brand purpose (laughs) 
So, I mean, that, that's, that's what's got me so excited right now, Rob, is, is the impact that we can make in the world by, by creating better connections and better communities and, and the impact that that ultimately has as CX professionals relevant to our work and the experiences that we get to design. Mm. Man, that's some good stuff right there. I asked you earlier about working from home. And, and I asked that because I wondered, do you think that, uh, and I'm a proponent. I mean, let's, if you're a long time listener to the show, you know that I work at home. I feel like working at home can be um, really great if it's done the right way. But have we lost some community in that? I mean, did you, I, I know you said it took a lot of, getting used to not, not going into the big office at UL is that, is that loss something that creates a struggle in, in creating that, that team one community and then on down? I, I believe that the, the more remote people are, the more you have to really be intentional about intrinsic motivation in the right ways. When, when people are all together and just shooting the shit and having a fun time, you know, you, you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you, you don't have to be sitting there like sticking the purpose in people's faces every day because they're just having fun and they're mm -hmm. enjoying the company of one another. So that that's a wonderful balm that sits on top of many wounds. I, I know so many people that have worked for terrible organizations because they have a blast with their coworkers. Yeah. But, but when, when we remove kind of that lazy management layer to some degree and all of a sudden what's left is the work. And there's this brilliant resource out there called prime to perform Rob. So, I mean, to, to make it really simple on the, on the positive side, like the positive intrinsic motivators, you've got play, which is like a sense of curiosity and excitement about the work itself. So that's the difference that can be done from home really well. If the play is based on the work, if the play is based on the geographic office, then, then you've lost it. You've lost that, that leverage, that motivator. You've lost it. And it goes the same with the next two big motivators, purpose <laughs> and potential. I'm doing something meaningful here. So when you add play, purpose, and potential, it, I don't care where you're working. If, if those things are connected to the work and they're happening, you can, you can be an on fire remote employee, but the more you remove those or, or make them not correlated to the actual work, the more that the negative motivators creep in and, and the more the life gets sucked out of us and the more it becomes just a job <laughs> yeah. and not something that we're proud of, not something we're really going to bend over backwards to create great experiences for. And, and that's inertia is that, that soul sucker. I'm, I, I'm just doing this. I'm just ticking the boxes. I've always done this. I, I died mentally seven years ago, but my goodness, am I just in a routine here and I'm just going to keep doing this as long as the company keeps paying me. And then, then you have the, the pressures. There's social pressure and there's guilt. There's codependency that gets formed. There, there's fear around, I can't go get another job. I have to have this paycheck. And, and people get trapped. They become a victim of their jobs in all these different psychological ways that they don't even feel. It, it just kind of happens over time when we allow those, those negative fear-based motivators to creep in. They take hold of people in a really negative way. Mm. And that leads to people staying in a job, but not doing good work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the more we have those great positive intrinsic motivators, the more that work from home can be a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. How much time have you spent formally studying psychology and how much time have you spent just observing people and thinking about your own feelings and other people's feelings and, and trying to get into that? Hmm. Nobody's ever asked me that before. My, my sister is a psychologist. Uh, <laughs> so we, we have one in the family. Uh, I, I literally have on an Evernote on my, on my computer over here, uh, to, to go and pursue a minor in psychology through some higher education process. I have not taken a single step towards that. I, I would love to be more formally educated 
in the, the in the area of human and organizational psychology someday because I think that would make me a way better CX professional. Yeah. Yeah, it's the thoughts. It seems to me though you know quite a bit already. I mean, you are already digging <laughs> into, uh, you know, what is motivating people. Uh, both good and bad and really digging in to understand the things at an organizational level that impact employee morale, impact that connection between employees uh, and how they feel about what they're doing every single day and how that impacts the customer. Yeah. I, I feel things very deeply as a person. And I've, I've had to wrestle through really complicated emotions early in my career uh, that a lot of them were very bad, very unhealthy. And, and so through that process of personal healing, which came through a lot of mentorship and a lot of hard work, you know, I, I do feel like I've, I've gained some clarity that can help others. That and I've read some awesome books. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Rob. I, I really appreciate that. Let's, let's be clear. There are a ton of awesome books out there. There are. Uh, we've mentioned quite a few already, but what's on your uh, most recently read, maybe top three that uh, you'd like to say, hey, this was amazing. You yeah. should check it out. Well, let's see. Let's see the three books I've got sitting on the okay. desk off the I bookshelf. Love it. So I've, I've got three sitting over here off the bookshelf. So one, one that I've really loved is The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. So when I was writing a blog recently for ICMI on the community in three layers concept, I was really getting Patrick's help on, on that whole idea of team one and how to lock in that senior leadership community. So great, great resource there. Um, certainly building a story brand by Dylan Miller. I had to go buy the hard copy because I had it on audible and I kept wanting to go back and quote it. So it was one of those where <laughs> I've got the audible version and I, I have the, the hard copy so that I can hold it up on podcasts. Uh, just, just an incredible resource. Perfect. And then um, one that's been really challenging for me, because I'm, I'm not a very analytical thinker. I'm definitely more of an empath, more of a relationship, uh, a high eye on the disc profile. Um, so I've, I've really had to work hard to try and round out some of those skills and perspectives. Uh, outside in is, is a really good one, mm. uh, just to challenge the perspective. You know, it's Kerry Bodine and, and Harley Manning. So some Forrester analysts back in the day, I'm not sure if they're still at Forrester or not. Uh, but really good, challenging authorship there and, and just um, really, really pushing back on the status quo, you know, kind of throwing out the, the legacy CX playbook, as it were, and, uh, and dreaming up something different and, and just really challenging CX professionals to be curious mm -hmm. and, uh, and not to subscribe to some formula that's going to fit the dynamic element of the relationship from a business to its, its customers. Like I, I firmly believe that every organization needs to go out and find its tribe of customers. And, and there's a group out there that belongs to you that you can serve in a unique way, better and differently than anyone else. And so you have to find that, like you've got to navigate uh, that, that understanding of what it looks like for you to be the guide to your group of customers. And, and so, you know, I've, I've really tried hard to, to stay pure in that way of thinking and not to become overly biased of, Oh yeah, they're doing CX wrong. And here's the <laughs> right way to do it. You got it. You got to do it in this way. Oh, look at, look at these rookies over here. No, 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 no. There's, there's no, there's no path to success in CX. There's no finish line here. Again, that this is a journey that we're forging together. We're getting better and smarter. We're becoming more intimate with our customers so that we can guide them to their finish line, their mm. destination. It's not about ours and, and what we deem to be success because when we're getting our customers to their group of success, we are earning the right to grow the business. I mean, it's just there. We just know that. That's, that's how we earn the right to, to future-proof the organization that we serve is by maximizing that customer value and, and being the guide really well to them. But that's going to look different for every single business and as we navigate that relationship to our group of customers. I love that you bring that up because I think all too often we look at something. I, I just responded to a post on LinkedIn today uh, and and the the differentiation that I was making was based on a channel. And the person that I also friend of the show, uh, but 
there's a difference between synchronous and asynchronous communication and kind of what those expectations are and what that experience is like. There's also a different, to your point, a brand expectation that I have and how you meet those expectations. So for example, Ryanair, which uh, if, if you're familiar with European airlines, Ryanair is like the the cut rate airline over there, okay. but they like live in a world where they kind of make fun of themselves being like the absolute cheapest and not necessarily <laughs> the best service. And like, that's yeah. just, that's who they are. And it. that experience that they provide outside of just the actual flight itself. Right. But yeah. they're, their support and and how they interact with customers mm-hmm. would not work for a Delta. It mm-hmm. just wouldn't. Oh, I, I love, I love hanging out with Jeremy Hyde. And I think what he's done with Sun Country Airlines in terms of just taking their, their great brand presence that they have, they're, they're a unique little niche airline and they nail it for their demographic of customers. It's a perfect example of what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. Rob. They know who they're serving. They serve them really well. <laughs> yeah. And, and they do it in a certain brand voice with, with a, kind of a little bit that Midwest nice, maybe uh, yeah. to some degree, uh, but in a really great professional way and in a little bit of a whimsical way. Um, yeah. So that, he's a great example of just the personification of, of a unique relationship to, to your customer base would, would be one example. I, I was messing around. I'm, I'm having to, you know, I, you, you probably know, Rob, you know, I just, I had a career transition recently. Um, so th- this is kind of top of mind for me because I'm, I'm figuring out what I'm going to do next here, you know, in, in my in my CX career. And so I'm sitting there trying to write write up a website for the first time that kind of has some of my quote unquote services on it. Not something I really enjoy doing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting here. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to try to have some fun with this. And so, um, you know, I get down to where it's like how how we serve and I've got my speaker section. And so I'm writing is like, are you tired of speakers who are really smart, but very boring or speakers who are really dynamic, but mostly irrelevant? Nate Brown is the perfect middle ground. <laughs> and like, so I was, I was just sitting, I was upstairs in my office, just laughing at, at the copy I was creating for this website. And, uh, you know, I probably had to go back and change it later. But, you know, it was like, I'm, I'm going to tap into my unique brand in, in the way that I want to serve the CX space. Mm. You know, people aren't going to hire Nate Brown if, if they if they want some formal professional entity to, to show up and really blow them away with intellect. That That's not going to ever be me. So I might as well lean into that, Rob. Yeah. Be authentic, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I need to ask you, speaking of being authentic, we got to talk about the wardrobe a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Have you always been a bright color wearing type of guy, a, a look at me type of guy? When when did that come about? Well, I think it happened uh, in in my my freshman year of high school. Okay. Um, I, I got my first job, so suddenly I had a little bit of money in the pocket. And, you know, my confidence is peaking with, with that community that I was talking about before, yeah. you know, this, this group of friends that, that really embraced me as being a, a weirdo. And uh, I remember seeing in a thrift store, these shark short swimsuit things, like way too short, like inappropriately short and just had a <laughs> giant great white shark all across the butt. And I mean, I bought them, I just bought them. And like, I've never been happier about an article of clothing than, than the shark shorts. And, and I ended up sitting down on a, um, a railroad tie that had a bunch of tar on it and I ruined the shark shorts, <sighs> but that would launch me on a course where I, I decided clothes are fun. And, and I, I like this, like, I like to let my personality spill over in, into the things that I'm wearing and, and people really respond to it and it makes them have fun. They're yeah. smiling, they're laughing. And, uh, I mean, I, I never looked back from, from that, that freshman year of high school, I, I decided I'm going to have fun with the way that I dress. Cause I, I want to be fun and exciting in the interactions that I create with people. So I might as well start here. And I've, I've just never looked back. 
note to all the listeners if you ever run across a pair of shark shorts oh man <laughs> reach out to nate and let him so know happy. where they are what size <laughs> they are and how he can get a hold of them because oh, i have a goodness. feeling that he would really jump at an opportunity to own another pair I, of shark shorts i would shorts. chomp down on, i'm trying to think what a shark would do i would chomp down on those shorts yes you would swim really fast. Swim really fast. And chomp. Aggressively yes. even. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, your website, your services, I know you're working uh-huh. on that messaging today. Uh-huh. But let's talk about some of the things outside of just CX Accelerator. Let's talk about Nate Brown. Okay. And what... <laughs> you feel like you bring to a company if someone wanted to grab you, whether that was for a speaking engagement, or some consulting services, or whatever the case may be. Like what what's the dream? Like where what what's the kind of company that you want to go into and what's the kind of things that you would just love to sink your teeth in? Oh my goodness, Rob. Oh yeah. This is amazing. Okay, this is very off script here, very fresh, because uh, I'm I'm still certainly wrestling through a lot, you know, in this in this transition stage here. But I I will be happy to attempt to answer this question. And thank you very much, Rob, for for giving me the opportunity to do so. I mean, I'm I'm just so alight with this burden, you know, on on me of I I need to help create great connections, great communities inside of organizations, and so this whole idea of community in three layers. It's, it's kind of giving birth to a set of consulting services that I think would be really, really helpful. And it's starting with like, let's lock in your senior leaders. Like, <laughs> let's decide together, like, what is what is great CX actually look like inside this company? How do you know? What, what is your voice of employee engine look like today? What is your voice of customer engine look like? Where, where are you trying to navigate? How, how unified are you together as a leadership team? So helping senior leadership groups to navigate a lot of that and to understand the, the current state that they're in. Then you get into level two. Let, let, let us help set you up an employee ambassador program. Let, let's turn the switch on to where you're not just doing traditional sales and marketing. Like I, I mentioned, you've got your customers that are out there in the world. You just got to go find them. The right way to find them is for your employees to be an authentic ambassador of your company. That's yeah. going to transcend any marketing campaign that you would ever do. If you have authentic ambassadors that are out there telling your story, people alight to that because they're like, wow, this person really loves their job. I, I want to understand this better because that's so unique and rare to see that. You can't, you can't force that. You can't pay for that on Google ads. Uh, so, you know, it's just really exciting to see that happen. So I would love to help organizations awaken that, that level, level two sense of community with authentic ambassadors and taking the right steps to, to do that and reduce friction internally to make them free to serve and, and to love, love the jobs that they're doing. And then the layer three, let's, let's create a community function for you. Let's start to invite your customers in and create a great brand community where you have customers supporting customers, where, where you're doing voice of customer in this incredible amplified way getting raw, authentic, great feedback that, that you're, that you get to source through your own community vehicle, mm-hmm. through people that you know and trust your super fans that are out there, that are your customers that, that love you and know you and that want what's best for you. And they're helping you to co-create along your brand promise, starting to erect that type of community function. I, I just think would be so cool and interesting. And some of the work that I've done, you know, over these past seven years as a community moderator, as a community developer with CX Accelerator and with some other experience that I've gained, I did go back and get a credential, a certification as a community leader and learned a lot through that. Uh, And it's just something I care about so much. I I feel like that would be so fun for me right now is to consult in in some of those different areas, Then, then layering on some different speaking opportunities getting to come in and just light up your team with excitement about the fact that they get to serve customers in this way. Like let's, let's get people fired up about how cool that really is and how amazing customer service work truly is. So some kind of like CX pep rally kind of session, I'd love to do that you know, more. Um, so these are the things that I'm dreaming up, Rob, but you know, it's going to be a journey. So there's a lot of things I'm thinking through right now. 
I love the CX pep rally idea, and I can't think of honestly anyone who's better suited to that than you. There are there are and there are a lot of great speakers out there. Don't get me wrong. You are absolutely one of a kind, and I feel like you're uniquely suited to that. So if you're looking for a CX pep rally leader. Nate Brown's your guy. And uh, right, you can always take bets on what color he's going to wear. <laughs> Colors. I, I do try to wear your brand color when I show oh, up. As much there as you can. go. There you go. <laughs> How many colors of jackets slash suits do you own? I, I probably have, I, I would say, 18 or 19 like novelty suits. That's a lot. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a problem in my marriage. We, we <laughs> don't have a significantly large house and definitely not a big closet. It's it's about a fourth, if not more than that, of the closet space that we have. So <laughs> what are you I can do, understand <laughs> how this might cause some friction. It is perhaps time for you to build a man closet shed mm. in the backyard, mm -hmm. maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your thought? I would love to... To have oh oh well gosh I mean over here showing the, the CX button I need to have a CX button on the wall that I hit and it opens up a secret door and inside are all the different suits and things new goals Rob new goals yeah I'm not I, a rich man though <laughs> I like this idea and that's okay you don't have to be rich you just got to take it one step at a time mm -hmm. first step mm -hmm. is plan correct right then we'll figure out the budget. Maybe like we can crowdsource this. There could be a GoFundMe. We'll put it in CX Accelerator. Like, get Nate an amazing mm -hmm. closet, and I am I'm happy to lead that charge because I think you deserve it. You're you're a visionary man. You're you're challenging me in ways I never expected, Rob, on this podcast. <laughs> Nate, uh, it's been so great having you on the show. It's been a long time coming. I've had uh, quite a few members of the CX Accelerator community. You've been on kind of my bucket list, and now we've gotten it done, and I'm excited to make it happen again yes. in the future. Uh, be sure to check the links down in the show notes. For those of you not watching the video, I'm doing the YouTube thing. I'm pointing <laughs> down at the links. Because there are links. No, don't point up. The links are always <laughs> down. <laughs> Nate Brown, thank you so much. Next in queue is brought to you by Happy To and is produced by me, Rob Dwyer. If you enjoy this podcast, please, by all means, subscribe and or rate this podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. But more importantly, Please tell just one person about this podcast. Word of mouth is the best way for people to discover new content. As always, thanks for listening.